Mitch, part of me is every age, and part of me is 78. I'm a three-year-old, I'm a five-year-old, I'm a 37-year-old, I'm a 50-year-old, and I delight in being a child when it's appropriate to be a child. I delight in being an old wise man when it's appropriate to be an old wise man. We never lose that. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm Mitch Album, your host, author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is inspired. Alongside is Lisa Goich, my friend and producer of this program. Lisa, how are you as we head into the holiday? Hello, Mitch. Happy almost holidays. Are you uh, stressed uh, as, as people sometimes get going into these holidays? Or no. is COVID taking care of that for you? I got nothing to be stressed about. What am I going to be stressed about, right? Well, nobody's doing it. In anything. my house, I'm not doing anything. I mean, I'm working a little bit, but I have a break from my day job for the next 18 days. I'm very excited about that. Wow. And that's a nice uh, break. Yeah. I know. I'm excited. So, well, so this is uh, an unusual holiday time because a lot of people are just not doing, as you sort of indicated, a, a whole lot of anything. I know people who have no plans for Christmas Eve and no plans for Christmas Day, and these are people who <laughs> frequently have nothing but plans for Christmas Eve right. and Christmas Day. And we're being told, of course, with COVID, to just stay away from all of that and ignore all of that and don't be involved in all of that. And I'm not here to take a position one way or the other as to whether people should get together or shouldn't get together, but I, I can tell you that I don't think people should cancel out their traditions of involvement with their families and involvement with their loved ones, whether the involvement takes the form of a, a virtual call or a FaceTime or a Skype instead of seeing them in person. I don't think it's a good idea for people to just be canceling everything. So we're just not doing Christmas year this year. We're not doing Christmas Eve this year. And then not contact anybody and not call anybody and, and not reach out in any way to try to do some kind of substitute version of it. Because it's it's not the gifts or the gift opening that makes the difference. And it isn't even just the hugging and holding, which of course is, is critical. The human touch is very important. Uh, but it's the connection that the holidays bring. It's the connections. And if you just sever the connections because you can't do them in person the way that you always wanted to do them, you're, you're really throwing out babies with bathwater and, and you're going to harm yourself because we need these connections. And the level of depression, which is usually already high at the holidays, you know, that's one of the great converse things of the holidays that people don't often recognize is that it's supposed to be the happy, Happiest time of the year, but it's actually uh, also the most depressing and the one that has the highest suicides and, and uh, you know, incidents of people being unhappy and unfulfilled. So please, I urge you, if you're trying to be a good citizen and thereby canceling your holidays, don't cancel the connections that come with the holidays. Find a way to make those phone calls or make those Zoom calls or, or FaceTime calls, see the person, see the kids. It's not the same as holding them and, and, and hugging them. It's not the same as watching them open all their presents. I get it. I, I, but 
it shouldn't just be about uh, if I can't have it all, then I don't want anything. A little bit of connection is still better than no connection. And right. I really don't think that people should be breaking off their connections. So anyhow, with that in mind, we thought for this sort of pre-holiday broadcast of this podcast, we would look back on some of the things that we believed when we were children and ask, why don't we still believe them today? Why as adults do these things go away? And is there a way to sort of bring that childlike wonder and childlike belief system into your adult life at this time of year? So let's examine a few of the things that we believed when we were kids, wholeheartedly. Try to put your Wayback Machine hat on, like Mr. <laughs> Peabody, and try to mentally go back in time to think like you thought as a child. All right? Don't do it through the prism of your adult years. Just go back, close your eyes, whatever it takes, and go back to thinking the way you thought as a child. Number one, especially at this time of year, we thought if we were good, we would what? Get something, right? Right. There's the Presents. reward and, 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 and justification system of Christmas, right? And Hanukkah. If we were good, we'd get something. We worried about being taken to the mall and having to sit on Santa Claus's lap. And he was going to ask us that question. Were you a good boy this year? Were you a well-behaved girl this year? And we were going to have to answer. And you don't <laughs> want to lie to Santa Claus, right? But we, so, so you tried to be good. And you said, you know, or you tried to forget about the thing that you did that was bad. And well, he, he's not really asking me specific questions. So, so were you a good boy? Yes, I was. Well, then you'll get something. There's a belief something. If we were good, we'd get something. Now, how many of you have given up on that idea? Ask yourself if you have surrendered that to the junk pile of stupid, youthful beliefs. If I'm good, I'll get something. Have you become the kind of person who feels like it doesn't matter what I do? I'm not going to get anything. It doesn't matter what I do. I don't get rewarded for it. No matter how good I am at work, I don't get rewarded for it. No matter how good a friend I am to somebody, they're not that good a friend to me. No matter how much I follow the rules, I don't get rich. No matter how much I go to church, I still have bad things happening to me. Do we give up on this childhood notion number one? If I'm good, I will get something. Lisa, have you given up on that notion? I haven't given up on that notion. I try to be good just for good's sake, because I think if you're a good person, good comes to you, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I, I often do think about that thing about, you know, I work really hard. Why am I not a multimillionaire for mm -hmm. as many pots my hands are in every day? You know, mm -hmm. um, why am I not living, living high better. on the hog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I don't understand that when there are some people that don't work even half as hard as I do. And, and it seems like, you know, things just come to them. You know, right. you can be a Kardashian and not have to do anything really, except for take pictures of yourself and you get all kinds of great things. So I don't know if that's just injustice or if it's uh, the Santa Claus uh, prophecy gone bad. <laughs> no, well, I don't think it's the Santa Claus prophecy gone bad. I think you're looking at, in that particular example especially, um, you're looking at the wrong mirror. Because if you had to do what the Kardashian family has to do in order to make that kind of money, I don't think you would be happy with yourself. So I think it's the universe is taking care of you. You're not meant to yeah. have a life of taking pictures of yourself and, and having you know your boyfriend or, or whatever arguments uh, become international fodder. And, uh, and, and have people tell you that you're, you're a fool and you contribute nothing and have people pay you to go to parties. It's a very, very unreal existence. Yeah. And so you're looking, you're looking at the wrong mirror, as I say. And I think those of us who have lost that sentence, if I'm good, I'll get something. And now you say, well, that doesn't work anymore. Well, yeah, it does. It's just that the something that you get may not be taking the form of what you thought it would or what you wanted. Mm. Mm -hmm. So when you are good, when you are kind to other people, and when you give of yourself, for example, and volunteer or do charity work or things like that, you do get something in return. Yes. Many people will tell you that when they do volunteer work, charity work, the way that they get to feel in helping somebody, in getting a thank you from somebody, makes them feel better than the work that they ended up doing. So when people say, oh, it's so nice of you to do all this work and you know to help us, they'll say, I'm the one who's getting something out of it. I'm the one yeah. who gets this great feeling out of it. I don't care about the level of work or the hard work or the number of hours of work. I'm the one getting something out of it. So there's an example of when we're good, we get something. That's not just a childhood notion. The thing that makes it childish is when you translate the word something into toys, an air blaster <laughs> gun, a jump rope, <laughs> right. a dollhouse. So uh, that's what made it that's what made it immature. If I'm good, I'll that's get so weird. Yeah. I'll get a Mickey Mouse <laughs> doll or, or something. But if it's you so just weird when you think about it, <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's how we associated it, right? I remember one year right. I wanted a, uh, I, I forget what they call them. They were like air air guns, air blasters. Uh -huh. Might have had a name to it. And I wanted that so badly I could physically <laughs> imagine the feeling of opening the wrapping paper. Right. And I was good, and I made sure that I was good, and. Sure enough, the holidays came and I got one. And I just remember feeling like this is the greatest thing. And this is, the system worked. The system worked. Right. I was good. I got the air blaster gun. But long See? after, yeah, but long <laughs> after the air blaster ran its course, stopped working or was lost wherever all lost toys go. Long after that happened, I was still doing good. 
because when you train yourself to do good and that becomes the norm for you, then it becomes a little Pavlovian. Yet first you do it because you're going to get that response of, ooh, a toy. Ooh, I get to play with something. But then later in life, you're going to see that doing the good, you don't need the dog bone at the end. The act is in enough good for itself. Do you think that any parents ever don't give their kids something when they're bad? Like, I wonder how that works in the opposite way. I wasn't bad. I've never been a bad kid, so I wasn't that kid. But I wonder if there are parents who actually withhold things from kids um, who aren't so good. So I wonder if they have that same belief, you know? Um, (laughs) Well, hard to say. I don't know. You were probably good. You know, I can tell you have nice parents and you seem you're a nice person. I don't. I was a, I don't a pretty good kid, a, right? A rabble rousing kid of any sort. No, <laughs> but uh, you know, you still operate under whether you're a rabble rouser or not. You still operate under the principle of if I can be good, I'll get something. You may choose not to be good. Yeah. But that notion of if I if I were good, I'd get something is something that I think all kids have, or all mm-hmm. kids are taught, and even those ones that, whose parents didn't give them something, they thought next year they'll give them something. So there's that equation of if we're good, we'll get something. And it proves out that it actually is true. It is true. It's just the something changes. This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Mondays. Let's go to uh, item number two here on this list. Things that we believed when we were younger. Okay, second one, that our friends who were our friends when we were kids were always going to be our friends. Did you ever, when you were 10 or 12, running around with your, your pals on your bicycles or around the neighborhood or your girlfriends, depending on, you know, what you used to do. Did you ever say to yourself during that time, boy, I really should cherish these years <laughs> at 12 because they're not no. going to last forever. And I'm going to, you know, my friends here are not, chances are by the time high school starts, half of them won't be talking to me. By the time high school ends, none of them will be. You never said yeah, that, right? No. no, I never said that. But factually, it's true. Factually, it's true. We don't really keep up with the people that we go to school with as kids. And our friends don't always turn out to be our friends. And yet we felt it. I remember being 12 years old and having these, you know, meetings with, we had the youth groups together and things like that. And and we would say, you know, this is my best friend. Oh, we're going to be friends for, you know, ever. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that I keep up with like one of those people, you know, yeah. one and a half. So here's no oh, notion number two, that our friends are always going to be our friends. So that's, is that something that you no longer believe in, Lisa? Uh, yeah, it's funny because I found this old um, manila folder that I used to have in my piano bench. And um, when my mom died, 
all this stuff was sent to me. And I had this folder and on the folder, there were two different things on it. One was a heart and it said like Lisa plus whoever, like it would say Lisa plus Paul, Paul was crossed out. Under Paul, it said Sean, (laughs) Sean was crossed out. And then on the right side of it, it said, my best friend is, and then it would say Wendy, and then Wendy was crossed out, and then Melanie, and then Melanie was crossed out. You know, it, it went like I had these lists of like, for whatever reason, at a very young age, I was categorizing people like, who is number one on my list this wow. week, you know? So maybe from a young age, I realized that uh, your best friends change. But I did always think that your friends would always be your friends. I ne- you know, when you're a kid, I don't think you ever think those people aren't going to be in your life one day, you know? Right. You don't, because you just presume that your life is going to stay the same, and it's going to yeah. be that small. And the, the reason that we lose our friends as we get to be adults is because our world boxes them out. Our worlds get bigger, more complicated. Work becomes a higher priority. And it starts to push the people who are in your orbit away. It, it pushes them. So you're kind of responsible for them going away just because of the new oxygen in your system. So when we talk about our friends, we're always going to be our friends. Is there anything that can be done about that? Yes, there is. You can reach out now in today's universe to almost any friend you ever had. If you have not seen them since elementary school, if you have their number or some sense of where they are, you can contact them. Yeah. And if you are willing to cultivate those relationships and keep them going, you can make that child, childish notion a reality, that your friends mm-hmm. are always going to be your friends, or at least the friends that you want to keep up with. But it requires some effort on your part. You know, when we were kids, it was easy for someone to stay your friend because they didn't have a car. They weren't going anywhere. <laughs> They live next door to you or down the street or whatever. How hard is they it to be your friend? Leave. Yeah, I had a I had a friend, uh, Sandy. It was uh, you know my best friend all through grade school and everything. I would just go down to his house, and uh, sometimes I rang the bell and sometimes I didn't. Go in through the garage sometimes and Walk just in. go downstairs. Yeah. He'd be playing with his Hot Wheels or whatever. Hey, can I play? And I'd say, yeah, yeah we're playing. You know, we'd be playing for ten hours uh, on a weekend. <laughs> So, yeah, all you had to do was wander over, but but there wasn't anything else to do. Now we're so busy. We're so busy. I don't have time to reach out. I don't have time to reach out. I don't have time to connect up. Well, then that's your fault, isn't it? Yeah, it's But that belief that our our friends were always going to be our friends is within your grasp these days. It really is. People will like to talk to people from their childhood more than they like to talk to people from their adulthood, I find, don't you? Yeah, I've connected with probably most of my childhood friends. One of my very close friends died a couple of years ago, but now I've become friends with her son uh, on Facebook. And uh, my best, best friend in the neighborhood growing up, she and I talk, uh, you know, occasionally online, mostly. Um, she came to my book signing when I was in Detroit for that, and that was fun. My high school friends and I do keep in touch. We had a um, 50th birthday reunion when we were all 50. We went to Arizona together and it was really fun. Like we, 
you know, for people who all lead completely different lives, we all came together and still had that common bond from... And which group of friends was was that? This was high school. High school. Yeah. Yeah. So they were my high school friends. and um, We've since had like two of those little reunions where we just go away someplace and have a girls weekend somewhere. Right. And So you're proving my theory that the friends that you have are always going to be your friends. They can be. If you choose to keep up those relationships and you choose to nurture them and stay in touch and make the contact and all that, it is possible that is not necessarily a childish notion. So, And you may have, not talk to them, by the way, every day. No, that's right. That. Well, you didn't always you talk know. to them every day when you were back in school either. You, you know, could they, just... They got I mean, sick. you've had friends since your childhood. I mm-hmm. know, you know, yep. Rosie's your friend since you were a kid. Right. But we work at that relationship and he's he's in my world and works with me and all the rest of it. So if you want to yeah. maintain that, that doesn't have to be proven untrue. Your friends can always be your friends. So we've we've now done number one. If we're good at something, if we're good, we get something for it. Number two, our friends are always going to be our friends. Other things that we believed when we were kids that somehow seem to have gone by the wayside. Here's one. Number three, having fun was a good enough reason to do something. (laughs) Listen again. Having fun was a good enough reason to do something. And in in fact, may have been the only reason to do something. (laughs) How many times when we were younger... Did we, did someone say, where are you going? Where we're going to go to the store to go get uh, Italian ices? Why? Because we want to, because it's fun. Where are you going? We're going to ride our bikes up to the woods and then come back. Why? Because it's fun. Where are you going? (laughs) I'm going over to my friend's house with my new race car set or whatever. Well, what are you going to do? We're going to play with them. Why? Because it's fun. Everything that you did was for fun. Uh, That was a good enough reason to do things. Think, put yourself back in that frame of mind when you were a kid. The motivating force for doing something was this will be fun. When your friends called Mm -hmm. you up and said, do you want to come? You you always said yes, because why? Because you thought you were going to have fun. You didn't go say yes because it was a social obligation you didn't say yes because you thought it would further <laughs> your career. You said Could yes because it was going to be fun. Yeah, oh, can you imagine God, a bunch of eight-year-olds talking Betty's. with one another? Yeah, I yeah. have to go to Betty's today. I really don't want to. I'd rather yeah. stay home and watch TV. But one day she's going to be an ambassador, <laughs> and I'm going to need her as a friend, so I'm going to do it. You did things because they were fun. And at right. some point along the way, we lose that. Not all of us and not all the time, although we have names for people who still operate as if that, that's a priority, that they're just immature. Fun. Well, they're just, they're yeah. just lost. They're just kids that never grew up, right? Yeah. They're immature. They're, oh, he's out there drinking now. It's fun. He's, he's 35 years old. You know? Well, the, the people do it for fun, do things for fun. Well, that does not have to be something that you lose. We, mm-hmm. Why do we lose it? We lose it because we feel like, what's the number one reason? I got to work, right? Yeah. I got to work. Yeah. And then we tell ourselves, I got to get serious. 
You know, I, 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 I don't have time for that kind of thing. And we almost sort of convince ourselves that fun is for youthful, frivolous, non-contributing members of society. But we who must behave, we who are adults, we who have children, we who have jobs, we can't make doing something because it's fun hmm. a reason for doing it. And that's so wrong. Why not? You are allowed yeah. to have fun. You are allowed to, to do have, something yeah. just for fun. Jeez. That makes me wonder. Like, I don't feel like now that you're saying this, I, I don't know what I do for fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, think I do anything for fun. Right. You're not Nothing alone. Nothing is fun. You're not alone. I don't alone, go out. Lisa. Right. You know, I mean, push COVID aside. I, I'm not a bar person. I don't right. drink alcohol. So going to a bar is not fun for me. Right. Um, I don't really play any sports, so it's not like I go golfing on the weekend for fun. Right. Uh, if I had a boat, I would go on my boat. I like, I like boats. Well, we need to get you a boat. <laughs> I need to. But for for guys who are <laughs> listening to this, think of throwing a football. All right. Now, when we were kids, and I want to say from six, seven. All the way up to 17, 18. If two of us were in the house and the weather was nice outside, one of us would say, you got a football? Or where's your football? Or let's go throw the football. And we'd find the football and we'd go out on the lawn or in the street and throw a football back and forth. Some people, yeah. it's baseball. They like to, you know, just throw a baseball back and forth. But a football, it's just a toss. You catch it, you throw it, the other person catches it, they throw it back, you catch it, they throw it, they throw it back. There is no purpose to it. You are not training. You're not doing it to lose weight. You're not doing it to advance your potential NFL career. You're just doing <laughs> it for fun. Well, huh. what is stopping you? grown men who are listening to this in their 40s or 50s, 60s or 70s, what is stopping you except maybe a shoulder or you know right. some kind of Bad bursitis? <laughs> but what is stopping you from just going out with another male friend who you would have done this with if it was 30 or 40 or 50 years ago and just tossing a football back and forth? But nobody does it. I cannot no. tell you the last time I, you know, somebody my age that I, I can't tell you the last time I did it. That but sounds it, fun. It, that is fun. And it's just it's Go just it. fun. I, <laughs> I need somebody else to throw it. You have nephews. Don't you have kids? Yeah. You not, have people. not here at the moment, but yes. But that's what right. I, I ought to be doing. But we get into <laughs> such a frame of mind that fun is not a priority. That that's, for, that's for when you're a kid. And I beg to differ. There's plenty of time to work. And we do plenty of work. I don't think Americans really have to worry about underworking as some kind of yeah, chronic issue. Even if the job is not particularly challenging, people work at it and, and, and work and work and work and work and try to make try to get it better. So you need some kind of contrast to that. And working is not the be all end all. You need some fun. So throwing a football Throwing a basketball. baseball back and forth, hitting a golf ball, uh, just going out for the fun of it. 
Mm-hmm. Not for the purpose, not for uh, okay, I'm going to do I'm going to do 80 minutes and drop 800 calories and it can't be a fitness workout. There's a reason they call workouts workouts because they're not right, fun. It's, it's work, right? They're really not fun. But just the idea of throwing a ball around, you don't have to lose that. You can still yeah. have that in your life. So that's number hmm. 3 that we believed when we were kids. And somehow lost along the way. I'm writing that down, by the way, Mitch. I'm going to have fun today. I'm going to do Good. something fun. Go do something just for fun. Not an adult thing yeah. either. I have to think what that is. The fact that you have to think of it shows how long it's been. But <laughs> I don't, don't have come that boat, so I'll have to find something else. You don't have a boat. Get, find somebody else with a boat. <laughs> uh, a fourth notion. When we were kids, we felt like... We had all the time in the world. We never thought about our age, except that we weren't old enough, weren't old enough to go to the movies, weren't old enough to get on a certain amusement park ride, weren't old enough to smoke, weren't old enough to vote, weren't old enough to get our driver's licenses, which was such an important thing. But that was all we thought about ages. We're not old enough. Otherwise, we felt like we had all the time in the world. Everything was out Mm -hmm. in front of us. And of course, people are going to say, well, Mitch, we lose that for a reason. The obvious reason, as we get older, we're closer to dying. And we think about dying. And so we can't just enjoy where we are or feel like we have all the time in the world left because we're worried that we don't. We're Uh, worried that we're going to die soon. We're worried that it's relatively around the corner in 25 years. But I would suggest to you, we do not have to think the adult way. When you were a kid, you felt like you had all the time in the world. But did you? Did you know any kids who died young, Lisa? Yes. We had somebody in our elementary school that got into a car accident when I was little. I did too. Another kid that got shot, which is weird, in fifth grade. I had someone Um, in in high school who uh, uh, got picked up by the wrong person and was killed. uh, 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 Yeah. And there are plenty of examples of what you say, car crashes and things like that. So- Those people were children. They were going through life the same way. They were thinking, I've got plenty of time left. I'm not going to worry about time. And what happened? They're gone and you're still here. So what does that teach us? It teaches us that at this moment, as you are listening to us, you do have all the time in the world left. As far as you know. Mm -hmm. As far as you know. So you could make a move saying, I know my time is running out. I've got to, I don't know, quit my job. That would be negative. Or I've got to, I don't know, uh, race out and go see something right now because I don't know that I'll ever get a chance to see it again or whatever. Well, You don't know if you're going to live 10 years 
25 right. more years or one more day, right? Yeah. You really don't know. Neither did those kids that you just mentioned or the kids that I mentioned. So yeah. you can still think like a child and, hey, I've got time in the world to do stuff. And forgive yourself for not being in such a hurry and enjoy mm -hmm. the day that you actually have. Mm -hmm. You can think hey, my time's not going to run out because as far as you're feeling right now and for the next hour, it won't. And if you don't think that far ahead, if you don't keep thinking, well, this is this is bad, I'm depressed because uh, I'm 52 years old and that means, you know, numerically in, in, in 33 years or so, I'm going to be dead. Well, but why be thinking about that now? If you're 53 years old, just think about being 53 years old in a day. And don't look beyond that day in terms of how you're going to judge yourself or your perspective. And you will be able to have such a more enjoyable time in your own life. So you can still think like a child, number four, that we have all the time. Because as far as you know, you've got the next minute and nothing more. Hmm. That'd right. make a good song. You've got You've, the next minute and nothing more. Write that, Mitch. Write that song. Huh. <laughs> I'm jotting it down right now here. Write as it I down. speak. Okay. That's genius. All right. So number one, if we are good, we'll get something. Number two, our friends are always going to be our friends. Number three, fun is a priority. Number four, that we've had all the time in the world, that we are going to have all the time in the world. It's what we tell ourselves when we about to pass on. Why? Because we still want to feel like a kid again, right at that very end. But all of these things you can do on your own if you just sort of want to believe in it. And so we think that these are childhood issues, but they're not. And finally, to... And where we kind of began about the whole Santa Claus thing. When we were kids, we felt that certain things were magical. Mm. When we believed in the tooth fairy, when we mm. believed in Santa Claus, when we believed that a lot of those rides and characters at Disneyland were real. Yes, are they that really that, re <laughs> that really what? was Pluto what? that came up and talked to us. <laughs> Easter Bunny. How about the Easter Bunny coming and into my house Easter at Bunny. night? That's creepy. <laughs> These things were magical to us. Magical. Well, I would argue that you can still feel that way. That you can still see magical things in every day if you choose to look for it. As a kid, you never thought that a sunrise was magical mm. or a sunset. But as an adult, you can certainly feel that way. As a kid, you never looked out your window, as I'm doing right now, and, and saw deer necessarily crossing your yard, as I'm seeing right now. Nice. And you say to yourself, this is magical. This is magical. So the magic doesn't have to stop. It just depends on what do you call magical now. When yeah, you have different. your kids in your home and you're sitting down and you, 
you got a nice television set. There's a fire going in the fireplace. Your wife or husband is relaxing, maybe on your shoulder, sleeping, and next to him or her are your three kids, two, four, and six. That's magical. It's not the kind of magical that you had when you were six years old. You didn't weren't envisioning that being magical, but it's still magical now. So there's another childish notion that you don't have to let go. You can still believe. And if you can't believe in Santa Claus, you can believe in the joy when you see a kid who still does believe in Santa Claus get on Santa Claus's lap. You can still believe in that. And you still see the magic in that. So if you follow what I'm saying, you are never too old to, to stop believing in magic. You're never too old to, to say, I still want to think of things as magical. You don't grow out of that. You don't have to grow out of it. It can still be part of your life. So there's five childish notions that we probably have dismissed many times in our lives as, oh, he's just a kid, so he thinks if he's good, he's going to get something. He's just a kid, so he thinks these friends that he has are going to be his friends forever. He's just a kid, so he just wants to have fun. He's just a kid, so he doesn't understand immortality. He thinks he's got all the time in the world. They're just kids, so they're magical. They like to go make magic. Anybody who hears those things understands that they can be part of your adult life. And we don't have to accept a limited version of ourselves. So this Christmas, Hanukkah, take a look at the kids in your life, study them, listen to them, hear their notions. Remember when you had those same notions, and you may find that with a little tweaking, you can have those notions again and be, as Frank Sinatra sang once, young at heart. Fairy tales can come true. It could happen to you if you're young at heart. That's all you have to do and all you have to be. So take that into the holiday season and you may have as much glee as that 10-year-old who's about to open that big package under the tree. And that's a good thing, especially in these troubled times. Mm -hmm. We want to wish you a great holiday, a Merry Christmas. We will talk to you after Christmas between Christmas and New Year's so I got a feeling I know what our topic is going to be if you like what you have heard here today you can always find out more about this podcast by going to wetuesdaypeople.com on the web there you'll find our chat rooms and our ability to find out more about the show and you can communicate with us even if you couldn't join us today communicate with us through that and we'll get a chance to read your messages and and the like Uh, until we get a chance to speak with you again one more time have a great Christmas and on behalf of Lisa Goich this is Mitch Album saying see you next Tuesday thank you for listening to Tuesday People to be part of our conversation join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday people.